Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Number four, with the word Watson stitched on the back. Right now, you can go to your local sporting goods store and buy that on a Houston, Texas jersey. But for how much longer is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin? We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear this morning on the Goodyear hotline. So, quick word, explosive. And I mean on the field. Nobody more explosive defensively the Texans have ever had than J.J. Watt. Wide receiver-wise, explosive. Andre Johnson coming out yesterday calling out the organization for not listening to Deshaun Watson and what he would like in a new head coach. And, of course, Watson himself, the most explosive of all, the face of the franchise. The Texans, Jay, are in turmoil right now, and apparently Man. there is no easy solution. You know, I said in the first hour that Deshaun Watson needs to go to McNair family and demand it's either him or Jack Easterby. And I started getting some really interesting replies, Key, on, on Twitter. Oh, a guy yeah. Na- yeah, you know. You know how it is on Twitter. A guy named at Skeeter Hunt. Yes, at Skeeter Hunt, Real Jay Williams. You're going to go to your boss at ESPN and tell him to fire someone within or you're quitting? The players play. You're an employee. Act like one. NFL, ESPN. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Key, can we open up a can? Of shut up, on shut up. I shut read up and that dribble? and shut up and dribble. <laughs> Skeeter Hunt, never in your life compared Deshaun Watson to an employee that works at Starbucks. Not saying that they're not people. They're not human beings. But the star power that Deshaun Watson has as a guy that's a top five quarterback in the NFL, franchises are built around him, are drastically different than somebody who sits at a cubicle and nobody really knows their face, right? Deshaun Watson has access to the owners. Keyshawn, you well, have access to Jimmy Pataro. Oh, we have access. Let me, look, let me look on my phone and see if. <laughs> the president of ESPN. For those I'm just saying it, it's a different world. For a guy like Deshaun, who can walk into the room of an owner. Key, you and I both know a lot of owners. We've had lunch with a lot of owners. It's not as if we're that person that is working, that is very thankful for their job, but can never reach out to somebody like that. The the proximity to that 1% of separation is so close that it, it, it's, it's a different kind of flex. There's a different world. And it, the two worlds are similar. And my boy, Mike Davis, who I talk to all the time, you know, send me a tweet like, you know, guys are employees. They need to act like employees. I'm like, I hear what you're saying. Everybody is the same, but everybody's not the same I, at the I same get, time. I don't too. get the, 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 the guys, the employee, they need to act like it. I don't, I don't understand that. When you are a superstar in sports, there's a different <clears> – <throat> There's a different relationship that you have with management in an organization. Okay, what, whatever you deem my playing career, who I am, whether I was a bust, whether I was good, whatever you want to call it, I was always respected by the owners of my organizations, whether it was the Leon Hess, the late Leon Hess, whether it was the late Glazier, Malcolm Glazier, who owned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jerry Richardson from from the from uh, uh, the Carolina Panthers, Jerry Jones for the Dallas Cowboys, I can always reach out to them via cell phone or walk right into their office unannounced, have lunch, sit down, have conversations. Always, my head coaches, same thing. My bosses at ESPN, all of them, I can pick up the phone and communicate my displeasures and my likes with no problems at all, whatsoever. 
And if I was in a position of power, meaning like the guy like Deshaun Watson, my career is in Jack Easterby's hands, as well as Nick's, as well as Kyle McNair. My career is in their hands. You could potentially be wasting my career over the next several years by making poor decisions and mistakes because you're clueless as to how to, how to build a football team. Yeah, you can buy a football team and you can inherit a football team, but can you truly build one? Do you know the moving pieces and parts? I don't need you to cater to me after the fact, but I do need you to communicate with me on what we're doing. I don't need you to blindside me by not communicating because if I decided to not show up like Kyrie Irving and not mm-hmm. communicate like Kyrie in basketball, Twitter would be blowing up. People would be saying all sorts of things. But the moment that an athlete decides to put his frustrations out in the public about what's going on, he becomes the bad guy. He becomes the be quiet. We pay you a lot of money. You should shut up. Don't yeah, uh, that that's crazy. That is ridiculous to think that. Because I can tell you right now, if I wasn't happy with the people that I work with at ESP, and I have no problem going into whoever is and over that project that I'm on or that show that I'm on and telling them, hey, man, it ain't working. I can't do de- This is because my career is in your hands. Especially if ratings are down, if you're losing. If I ain't you're got no losing. reason. I, man, I'm. If I felt like somebody wasn't bringing my personality out and it wasn't letting me have fun on my show, then I can't. That dude got to go. I mean, now, or I got to go. Either or. It doesn't matter to me. Let's not act like. I mean, David Blatt was once the head coach of LeBron James. He was no longer the head coach. That was Ty Lue when they won a the championship. Doc Rivers was once the head coach of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He's no longer there. I mean, that's the relationships that you have with Steve Ballmer. That's the relationships you have with Dan Gilbert in order for things like that to happen. And there, there are only so many star players there are only so many Man, you people. gotta listen to your top-notch guys okay clearly it has a issue that's it's, there's an issue that's going on in houston in the organization deandre hopkins mentioned it not only when he was traded but recently as he said when dre speaks you need to listen because mm-hmm. andre johnson doesn't just say he doesn't talk when when when, when i was approached by uh, uh, my producer, and he said, hey, what do you think about Andre coming on? I said, well, is he going to say anything? And Dre just doesn't talk. Yep. It's not that it does. It's just that's just not his deal. He doesn't like to get out there and put himself out there. He'll talk to us on in private one-on-one on the sidebar, but as far as getting out to the public, that's not his deal. But when you have someone like that saying the things that he's saying, you better take notice, Zubin. Last thing I would say here, and this is just the line of demarcation you have to have as the only guy on the show that's not a pro athlete that hasn't been in these high-pressure well, situations. Well, you play ping pong. <laughs> that's true. In the garage, I'm unbelievable because you put it in the garage. You can't really go anywhere. I got you pinned against the door. No, I, I would just tell you this. In, in a totally serious note, I respect anybody who sends a tweet in. You got some guts to go at Jay, and Jay obviously has some great rationale going backwards. But that tweet, man, don't get me started. It's a fantasy world for most of us, okay? In the last segment, Bobby Marks came on and essentially said, if James Harden misses a game, he's out 440K. 
Just stop. <laughs> if you're a regular dude like me or most of the fellas listening to the show, I didn't show up for work today, so I'm not making $440,000, right? It's nothing to James Harden. It's everything to a regular person. So the idea that we want to ever bring sports into the real world, it's a complete dichotomy. There's a reason we call it the toy department because it's a fantasy land for most of us. So to ever sort of integrate sports in real life is crazy because there's nothing real in terms of real life about sports to most Zubin, people. guys with their contracts are making 35 to $40 million a year. Add-on shoot endorsements, guys are making $60 million a year. Right, right. Think about that. So I don't think you can meld one into the other. They're two separate worlds, really. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All Damn, of our guests $60 million, Jay? On the Goodyear Hot. Yeah, a couple guys that are key. No, I know. I, I, I know. I just hearing it just makes goosebumps. No doubt about it. On the way. Goosebumps for football fans because the divisional round is upon us this weekend. And we ask the one question as we creep closer to the Super Bowl. Who's the one that quarterback? Creep. That would be creep. Creep closer to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Who is the one quarterback still standing where a Super Bowl title would be more important to them than anyone else? Plenty of good answers. The fellas weigh in. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the MVP this season. It's the best season he's ever had. Idle chatter like that doesn't have a space in my brain. Jared Goff is the most important player in the NFC playoffs. This would be an incredibly difficult challenge for Green Bay. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Question in sports over the next month, month and a half, who is going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy after Super Bowl 55? Smaller but more interesting question, who needs it? The most, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, with insurance for cars, homes, boats, and motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles, all at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and also at Progressive.com. Let's ask that question and others surrounding the NFL with the divisional round coming this weekend with the NFL insider, Dan Graziano, who joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Dan, there's a lot of good answers to that question, so I'll just let you know. The one quarterback left that a Super Bowl title would mean the most to would be? I feel like it was a loaded question given the lead-in. I think it's got to be Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, this is, 
you know, look, I mean, Mahomes just got one. Brady's got six. You know, Breeze had, like, I, I think, I, I think he, maybe Breeze, but I would say Aaron Rodgers because there's this narrative about Rodgers. About, like, is he, he's one of the all-time greats, and yet the, um, the team has kind of squandered it, right? That's become the popular thing to say about uh, Rodgers. So it, it would be able to be, he'd be able to put that to bed. Uh, if he if he did win a second one, winning that second one is a big deal. But um, I would say either him or Breeze, because going from one to two as a quarterback for some reason has some significant uh, historical implications. Um, you know, you think about Eli Manning, whose voice we just heard. Obviously, this makes his Hall of Fame case. The fact that he won a second one, his brother was surely going, but I think winning that second one right at the end, um, you know, made his legacy even more. Outstanding. So yeah, I think I think Rogers is the answer. That, that's extremely funny, uh, Dan. I feel like you were in our pre-production meeting uh, because I I said Aaron Rodgers as not. well. No, I, I know it's just <laughs> yeah. it's good to it's hear just, that it's a great minds think alike. Yeah, great yeah. minds think alike. Yeah. Let go. me see if we right. think alike on this one. Aaron Donald is banged up for the Rams, and they're yeah. going up against a passing team that they could go get the quarterback. What what significance with this injury? does it play in for the Rams and that defensive line? So my understanding as an individual who has never dealt with, you know, torn rib cartilage or played uh, in a highly competitive football game is that this is a painful thing to try and endure if you're Aaron Donald. Uh, And so the question becomes, how much does it limit him? How much does it affect him? I'm not particularly worried if I'm the Rams about Aaron Donald not practicing this week. I think that's probably fine. We've seen him miss whole training camps and be defensive player of the year more than once. But I think the question is, how does he get through the game? Is he going to have to take plays off that he normally wouldn't? Is he going to be at all less explosive or less effective than he normally would be as a result of that discomfort? If the answers to those questions are yes, then that's a significant problem for the Rams, who probably aren't equipped to outscore Aaron Rodgers in the Packers' offense and are going to have to do whatever they can to limit them. Uh, if the answer to that question is no, because Aaron Donald is some sort of superhuman alien, uh, then it's possible that, that we're going to see the game as we normally would have. But I think that is the key question heading into this game. I think as, as long as I've had torn rib cartilage before, as long as he doesn't get hit directly in it and it doesn't move, when it moves, yeah. Dan, it hurts like hell. Yeah. Like if it mm. moves, when he goes to swim and that thing slides, that's when you know. He's in pain. Um, where, so where? How, it, how do you get it to not move? Then I mean, it's your ribs. Like you're, you know, you're. I guess you have to tape it down or something, and and hopefully yeah. when you strap it down, it doesn't slide when he goes to swim. Um, that's the only experience I had with it, reaching for balls, huh. things of that nature. But I've fought through it, and I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be fine to fight through it. Let me ask you this about Eric Bieniemy. Uh, there's reports out there now that. The Houston Texans have reached out or are going to reach out to to interview Eric Bieniemy. Where is he at on the job front with the vacancies that's available? He's done five interviews: uh, Detroit, Atlanta, Jacksonville, the Jets, and Chargers. I believe. I think those are the five. He's uh, yes, there it is. It's right on the screen. Uh, and and if Kansas City has put in a request now. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I wasn't reading it. I should have been. Uh, If Kansas City has put in the request, as has been reported in some places, they can't interview him until after the Chiefs season is over. They could have interviewed him last week uh, because they were on by, but now uh, they can't until. So that could be a month from now if the Chiefs go back to the Super Bowl. So, uh, 
I'd be surprised if the Texans waited that long to make a hire. Uh, and I, I would be, uh, I guess, a little surprised if Biennemi didn't get one of the other jobs in the meantime. Although, the more this goes on, the more there's sort of this rumbling going on around the league that maybe uh, he might get shut out again because he's not seeming to show up as a finalist in many of these plays. But a lot of these things can still change. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and when, if he doesn't end up there, what that changes for them. So uh, it's still a little bit wait, early in the process, minute, Dan, even though I would expect Dan, things to move did, pretty did, soon. Did yeah. I just hear you say he may get shut out again? Yeah. Again, this is sort of the, you know, when you, when you make these calls and you talk to people associated with this, this has kind of been the, the vibe that's emerged this week that maybe uh, teams are looking in other directions. But, and I know that would be shocking and upsetting to a lot of people if he didn't get a job this cycle. And, and it's entirely possible, of course, that he will. But, you know, look, I mean, the, the Jets are starting to bring people in for second interviews, right? They got Robert Sala coming in uh, in person who interviewed uh, via uh, video chat earlier, like a lot of people did. Teams are moving to the second part of this, uh, and uh, you, you, you can't hire him right now, right? <laughs> so if you're seeing teams move ahead with other candidates, uh, it indicates that he may not be on their list of finalists. So, again, not to panic if you're a fan and an advocate of Eric Bieniemy getting a job, but I don't know that it's the sure thing it felt like a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Dan, wow. let's talk about a team which I don't know what the hell, what kind of way they're moving in the Texans. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, this late request to bring Eric Bieniemy to talk about being head coach? Well, again, if, if, that's, if that's what's going on, then... You know, it, it seems like it's, it's come out, obviously, that Deshaun Watson is a fan of Biennemi's and wanted them to interview him, if not hire him. Uh, if, they're, if they've put in that request now, the indications are they're doing it to sort of placate Watson, and that could be misguided because, again, the rules say you wouldn't be able to interview him now until after the Chiefs' season ends. So, I mean, you know, if the Browns beat the Chiefs this weekend, all of a sudden Eric Biennemi can be interviewed and hired wherever – but I don't know a lot of people expect that to happen. And, in fact, the Chiefs are favored to return to the Super Bowl, which puts the whole timeline back a month. So it feels unlikely that he'd be a serious candidate for them when they could have interviewed him last week while the Chiefs were on by and chose not to. Now, the one compounding factor is they have the GM in place now, and they didn't last week. So maybe now that he's there, he's putting his own list together. But I don't know. That, 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 it feels a little fishy. Could we see the Texans trade Deshaun Watson? Is it realistic, Dan? It's, it's realistic in that anything's possible, but it would be very difficult for them financially uh, to trade him. It, it's a much better idea for the Houston Texans to try and see if the relationship can be repaired. At this point, what you hear from Watson's end indicates that maybe it can't, but, you know, it's, it's January. There are, there are things that can be done, and time does have a healing effect. And, you know, he did sign a contract, so it's not as if, uh, he's never wanted to be there, right? Like, it's not as if he's always hated the place. So I think it's possible. They, but if it gets to the point where they're convinced he's not going to play, like he's going to sit out, he's going to pull a, a Carson Palmer in Cincinnati. Remember back about 10 years ago when he did that? If something like that is happening, then their hand could be forced and they could end up having to do it, uh, in which case they're in a bad situation again against the cap. But uh, it's a tough one. They're going to have to find a way to fix this problem. Dan, I know you've been all over this in, in – paying attention to what was going on in Philadelphia, as we talked about in the past. Philadelphia Eagles obviously parted ways with Doug Peterson. What's his next stop, if any at all? Is it the New York Jets or offensive coordinator somewhere or at home for a year or two? Yeah. 
Right. I mean, at home for a year or two isn't bad. I mean, these coaching contracts, head coaching contracts are all guaranteed. So, you know, if he if uh, they still got to pay him. So if he wants to sit around and, and pop around at teams and do consulting like some of these guys do when they're in between jobs, that's not the worst way to go. Look, I mean, Philadelphia's a tough place. Uh, Peterson went through a lot there, obviously. had a lot of success there, but it can wear on you, and it's possible he might want to take some time off. I don't think – I mean, I guess it's possible he gets on the Jets list, but, again, they're moving ahead with second interviews, uh, so it seems like they're pretty far along in their process. I know uh, uh, Doug Peterson had, I believe he just bought a house in Florida. It's possible Jacksonville's a job of interest. Again, if that ends up being open, we don't know what's going to happen with the Urban Meyer situation there. So uh, it's possible he jumps right back into it, but it's not automatic. I think a a person in his situation might decide uh, realistically to take a step back and maybe a year off from it. One job before I let you go that's not open in Chicago Bears. They retain Pace and general manager Pace as well as head coach Matt Nagy. Uh, What happens in that situation now? Do they retool the staff? Are you surprised that they retained him? No, because that's sort of the way it had been pointing, right? Like, uh, philosophically, am I surprised that they're not making a move? I could see the justification for it. But everything I've been told for the last several weeks is that those guys would be coming back. So uh, not surprised if that is, in fact, the case. Uh, We we do hear uh, that Chuck Pagano, the defensive coordinator, is planning to retire. So they'll have a significant opening on the staff uh, in that position, and then, yeah, there could be retooling. But I think the key for the Bears is what are they going to do at quarterback? Are they going to bring back Mitchell Trubisky? Are they going to go in a completely different direction uh, at that position? I think everything works off of that in terms of projecting what they do, you know, who they bring in staff-wise, and what the future is of, of uh, Pace and Nagy going forward. It's a great point. We should mention your mention of Robert Sala, the 49ers defensive coordinator for the last four years. Second interview with the Jets. We'll talk much more about that coming up at the top of the hour. That's NFL insider Dan Graziano. So Key's answer to the question of whose Super Bowl is on the line the most was Aaron Rodgers. Jay, just want to get your opinion on that. I've got a quick thought on that because it is a really juicy question. A Super Bowl for whom that remains at the quarterback position left in the playoffs would mean the most. You know, I, I hear what everybody's saying about Aaron Rodgers. I just think about Drew Brees, too. I mean, this is probably Drew Brees' last year, and th- his team is absolutely loaded. I know he battled the rib injury, uh, but him coming back up, this is his last shot at doing so. Um, look, tough call between the two, but I would probably go with Drew Brees. And I will follow you. I'm up with Drew Brees as well. It isn't written in stone, but most people do believe this could be the next game could be his final game. And there is something to be said in the NFL, as Key, you well know, for walk-off moments. There's something about the bus scoring a touchdown in Detroit and then saying, oh, yeah. I'm done. There's something about Elway helicoptering, winning two Super Bowls and saying, I'm done. It's the ultimate walk-off moment in sports, and Drew Brees has that within his sights. Well, the, 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 yeah, he does. But the reason I say it's, it's so important to Aaron Rodgers is because Aaron Rodgers – Drew Brees is great. Hall of Fame first ballot, done it all. You, you can't argue with his career whatsoever. One of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. But is he ever in that conversation about the greatest – we always, right, that whatever that means, Fair whatever point. that means. It's Brady, it's Montana, it's Elway to a degree. Those names kind of, and now, and Aaron Rodgers' name floats in that greatest conversation with one Super Bowl. Imagine if he got the second one. Imagine where that would be. And the reason Drew Brees, to me, is like he won a Super Bowl, he's going in the Hall of Fame, it's not a problem. He's going to have numbers, record-breaking numbers. 
but it ne- you never hear the greatest with him. You just never hear it. Even if he got two, I don't feel like you, you're going to hear that, Zubin. Yeah. Last thing I would quickly just mention on that, um, there are eight quarterbacks that have won exactly two Super Bowls. There's a dozen that have won two or more, but there are eight quarterbacks that have won two. If he can get there, have the walk-off moment, and own, at the time of retirement, almost every single statistical passing record in the history of the NFL, it won't get him in that class. I agree, Key, but right? it'll get it's him so close. Re- but yeah. Every but record why, in the walk why can't he get in that conversation with two? I think two? he could. Yeah, he could easily two, get in that conversation. I don't think, Jay, I don't think he gets into the conversation with two. I just don't know why. I'm trying to understand why when we talk about quarterbacks being great, his name never comes to the surface. It's always like the ones I mentioned, the Montanas, the Bradys, the Aaron Rodgers, the John Elways. That's fair enough. He's trying to creep there. Those two guys are closer to the end, Breeze and Rodgers. Mahomes and Jackson are closer to the beginning of mm. their career. So who would a Super Bowl benefit more if one of those two could grab one in Tampa next month? The fellows will weigh in after that. But first, Sports Center. Jay, you'll like this one. Speaking of weighing in, James Harden has essentially said this rocket situation is crazy. Not fixable. They got blown out by Keys Lakers last night. Trade deadline is March 25th. He said last night after the game, I've given the city everything I can give. It might be a last salvo, although the Rockets, I should mention, control his rights for the next two years, and they don't seem eager to trade him, at least at this very moment. The Bears are more eager than you thought to bring back Matt Nagy and the general manager, Ryan Pace. That, according to our Jeff Dickerson, who covers the Bears for ESPN. Why is that? We'll ask Tom Waddle, former Bears receiver, host on our station ESPN 1000 in Chicago, and that's in about 14 minutes from now. And what do the fans think about it? We'll get into that with Tom in 14 minutes. And the NHL season begins tonight. Period, stop, end of sentence. Sports Center presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I am absolutely, I've gone 42 years without one. I can go the next 42 if I make it that far. I can go the next 42 without one. No pets, never. That's, Zubin, that's, you're missing out. It's a companion, Zubin. It's, it's your fine. It's your homie. It rolls with you. Yeah, My but, dog Denzel Washington rolls with me every day. Key sent us a picture of him walking his two little guys out on the streets of New York. That, that's, your, that's, your, that's your crew. Your dog's yeah, name is Denzel Washington? Denzel Washington, yes. Uh, don't, don't ask him why. I'm not what? an acclaimed actor. I'm not saying there's it's anything training wrong. Day. No, I'm it's saying training don't, day. Don't, I train my guy. Why would you name your dog Denzel <laughs> I got Washington. the double entendre. But well dogs, dogs <laughs> you, you're smart, though, because dogs are expensive, man. They are expensive. Here's the other thing. It's 28 degrees in New York City. Do I have to wake up at 9 o'clock at night and go take him outside yes. for a walk when I should be yes. in bed at 9 o'clock at night yes. getting ready for the show? Absolutely. I feel oh, like you. If God. it wasn't for my kids, them, them dogs wouldn't be nowhere near me. Stupid, it would love, take you 10 love, minutes to walk And I dog. love dogs. But the fact that I have to take care of the dogs like they're my kids, it's crazy. I got to boil chicken, chop it up, put peas and carrots and chop it up and freeze it. And uh, it's just what? It's too what much kind of, work. What kind of California vegan diet do you have your dogs on? What about no, the dog no, food? No, but see, I'm not Alpo and stuff like that, Jay. I'm not, I'm not feeding my dogs that. They, that that's we, we're beyond that in life. Well, I'm just being honest with you. You go and you buy big bag of chicken, frozen chicken. You go to Costco. You boil a chicken. You chop it up. 
You get the big bag of carrots and peas. You chop it up. You mix it all together. You freeze it. You mix it in with the dog food, and you drop a little. You drop a little uh, chicken stock on top. They good to go. Man, you, you just put hot sauce on it as well. Damn, that's that's a hell of a lot of prep. Man, you love your dogs. You take care of them. I think Key's dogs eat better than I do. Yeah, what? I think they're healthier your diet than you, Zubin. Boiled chicken, vegetables, everything. In, in the vet, you know, we got insurance on the dogs because that's of the smart, vet though. And that's stuff smart. Like that. You need so, that because those vet prices. Be yeah, outrageous. the vet prices go through the roof. Through the roof. I'm just being honest with you. And so, you know, when and you call Wags, which is an app that you can use for somebody to come and walk the dog if you're out of town or you're gone for a long period of time. Right. You get somebody wag, they open up, they come in, walk the dog, go on about your business. You yes. take you gotta take care of them, man. But, but you can get a fish. I mean you can get get a fish. Man, what's get, wrong with y'all? Something. What, I mean, he talking to pet. a fish, Jay, is not like talking to a dog. I understand, but I mean he's not doing it for therapy purposes, like to have communication. He's just doing it to have a companion, Key. Yeah, but it's a, a fish and a dog is totally different. I agree. Fish is cool to look at. Oh, speaking of that, when I first, when one of the first things I ever did, and you remember this back in the day, Jay, when you you know you made it, you wanted a fish tank in the wall oh, at you the get crib. The big one. Yeah. Oh, I had the big one, like the, giant the whole. One. Everybody took this whole wall up. They had to dive in to clean it. Worst, <laughs> worst, worst thing I ever did in my life, man. Have no idea how to do the maintenance on it, but oh, I want the biggest the fish worst, tank there is in the, the world. Worst thing. To, uh, you talk about wasting money. That was the dumbest damn thing I ever did, but I was cool. It got I show, it, it showed up on MTV Cribs. You had sharks and everything. You had baby everything, sharks. Everything, man. Yeah. Ba- shark size of Zubin. <laughs> Fresh. Hey, on top of that, you got people over. They looking at it. You think you cool. You got the pool table going, the big old yeah. giant fish tank. A waste of damn money. Why is there a guy with this scuba gear in his fish tank? Right now? Never Literally, seen they had to dive into it. was the entire wall, man. It was oh. cool, though. It was cool. All right, oh. speaking of cool, uh, Patrick Mahomes, two Super Bowl titles in two years after waiting 50 years for the franchise to get two Super Bowl championships. That would be cool. Lamar grabbing his first would be cool, especially after getting that first playoff win. We talked about why this would be so important. It's pretty obvious for Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, Tom Brady, some of the older statesmen of the league. But for a young guy, a Super Bowl title would be more important if Mahomes could grab one, his second, or Jackson could grab his first. Key right now, because one building his legend, one's already seemingly in GOAT status, the other one's trying to creep closer to his first. It would mean more to whom? I think it means more, it would mean more, well, means great deal to both. But sure. I think Patrick Mahomes, I agree. because of the hype, the buildup, they were the favorites. To go and get it and, and cash in on that and get two in such a short period of time just sets you up for what everybody was talking about in the preseason and uh, the offseason about him being the guy. $500 million contract, just everything. To not get a Super Bowl this year would be somewhat of a failure in Kansas City's case, opposed to Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. The conversation was just get a playoff win. So let's not move the goalposts on Lamar Jackson just yet. I would just go back to a month ago where Jeff Darlington, who I've known for a very long time, very respected in NFL circles, actually called Tom Brady going to the Bucks. The fact that he compared Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan after only having one Super Bowl win, I mean, that sets a high bar, Zubin, a high, high bar. So in order for him to continue on that trajectory, 
you got to get a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and I or think soon. Yeah. you got to win multiple. I agree, fast. because it's setting up to the point where Key said, and this is ridiculous, but this is where we are in the world of sports right now, and there's no going back. Every year he doesn't win one, it's going to be seen as a failure, which is a ridiculous bar or standard to have, but that's where we are right now. Well, it depends on who goes to the Super Bowl this year and who wins it, right? If, if they don't go to the Super Bowl this year and they don't win it, win it, whoever wins it next year or this year, will people will anticipate them going back to win it again, right? Whether it's New Orleans or whether it's the Rams or whether it's Green Bay or Buffalo, for instance, goes and they win, people are going to put that pressure on Josh Allen. I mean, that's just – or the Ravens or – uh, uh, Baker Mayfield just depends on who wins it this year. Fair enough. We'll wait to see what happens. There's some great choices. Like I said, on the older end of the spectrum, we know what it would mean for Brady when compared to Belichick because that's always going to happen, right? Well, Brady doesn't have anything mm. to prove. He doesn't have anything to prove. But I think it ends yeah. the Belichick-Brady argument, though. You don't think he has anything to prove? If he no. wins a Super Bowl to with, Bill to do without Bill Belichick in his first year? He doesn't have anything to prove. It would be great if he won because we can now have content to talk about. But if he doesn't win, we're like, eh. <laughs> right? It's going to be like, eh. I just feel like Tom Brady has everything to prove to Tom Brady on this one because he wants to do it without Bill Belichick. No, you always want to do it without somebody that you've been connected with that, you know, to show that you can do it. But – to me, and probably to the masses, if he wins it, great. And if he doesn't, it doesn't stop anything. He still is the GOAT, or there, one of them. How many GOATs can you have? I, I've always exactly. said, pet peeve, singular term, greatest of all time, not greatest, some of the greatest one. of all times, right? It's the, it's the GOAT. There's only one GOAT, not multiple GOATs. Is that bad? Oh, yeah. And this is coming from a guy that doesn't have a pet. <laughs> I know about GOATs. I don't have a pet, I can tell you. It's just we should get Zubin the baby GOAT. Let's find him one. Oi, calm down. <laughs> I don't know what the pet thief would be. I, I, I don't know that I want to see Zubin walking a goat in <laughs> Times Square. I want to see really. it. I want to see it. Walking into the elevator, pressing the 14th floor with a goat. With <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> the Grubhub guy standing next to me. <laughs> on the way. All right, back on track. On the way. The Bears keep their coach. They keep their GM. But what does it mean for keeping their quarterback? We'll ask a guy that used to catch passes from Bears quarterbacks. Wednesday, we set our sights on the NFL's divisional round. Tony Dungy will join me to break down the games, and we keep an eye on the coaching carousel as well. It's me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The Bears may have lost Sunday, but if there was a statistical marker on leading the uh, game in cliches, what? <laughs> the Bears would have won. Listen to that there from Matt Nagy. 
And, of course, Mitchell Trubisky heard them say unfinished business. The question now becomes who will finish the business, and it appears the head coach will be back, Matt Nagy, the GM, Ryan Pace, much maligned, highly criticized, will be back. We'll see what it means for Mitch Trubisky. Tom Waddle was a former Bears wide receiver, caught plenty of passes from Bears quarterbacks of old, and he joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Of course, he's also the host in Chicago of Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Jay, of course, knows the city of Chicago well, and he joins us this morning. All right, Tom. Take me inside. What are people in and around the organization, fans, yourself, what's everybody saying on the fact that the GM and the head coach are going to be returning? Well, good morning, fellas. I think uh, I think it's pretty much a consensus. People are uh, they're frustrated. They're disappointed. Um, I think people were expecting and hoping for change, and I think we found out last night that really there is not going to be much change. And um you know, I think that that's got people a little bit frustrated. I, I think what this team has been over the last three years and specifically the last two years is they've been remarkably mediocre on all fronts. And to to think that things are going to get markedly better going forward with the same man in, in, in the seat of general manager and the same guy coaching the team, I think it leaves people with a lack of optimism for sure. When you look at it, the guy's gone to the playoffs a couple times. He – backdoored in this year, Tommy. He's also made some mistakes in terms of quarterback decisions. If, in fact, he gives up play calling duty and hires a competent offensive coordinator design guy that knows how to get Tom Waddle and Keyshawn Johnson open right now, is that going to ease things in the taste buds of the people out there in Chicago? Well, first of all, I don't think Keyshawn needs any help, Key, to get open. I did, so he's got a handful <laughs> with me, not with you. Uh, but I don't know. I think Matt Matt was brought here, Key, to to, to revolutionize this offense. And I, I I think if you look at what they've done statistically, and and, and stats are one thing. Your eyes, you, the you know the, the the eye test is another. They in year one, I think they finished 21st in the league. Last year, they were 29th, and this year they were 23rd or 24th. I don't think there's a whole lot of optimism that that Matt has the capacity to really take this offense to the next level. Whether he is just standing back and helping with the game plan and watching somebody else call the plays, or he's in, in full control of what's going on. Um, you know, the improvement offensively just hasn't been there. So, to think that whether it's Bill Lazor or somebody else that's going to be calling plays next season and miraculously whoever's at quarterback is going to play better or they're going to stay more focused on running the football or they're going to design some things to get guys open, I think that at this point it would be a bit of, of blind faith. Um, I, I just don't think you've seen the results. I don't think you've seen the progress that, that everyone was hoping for, and they're stuck in this rut, as I said, of mediocrity where offensively they really haven't found the – they haven't found the formula to get any better. What's the plans with Mitch Trubisky moving forward? Are they going to retain him, offer him up something small to see if he is the long-term answer, or that, or have they arrived to the no already? You know, Key, I thought that, that I didn't know really what they were going to do yesterday in terms of whether or not they were going to keep Ryan Pace or they were going to keep Matt Nagy. The one thing I would I felt most strongly about, and I feel most strongly about is I don't think there's any way if you bring Matt back, you bring back quarterback. You can bring back one of them, but not both of them. And I think that what you've seen over the last couple of years is a complete lack of trust from Matt in his quarterback. And 
And I think you saw it was on full display. The two most important games of the season this year were the Green Bay Packers game in Week 17 and obviously the playoff game this past weekend against the Saints. And what Matt did was show you it was on full display. He didn't trust his quarterback. Now, I think he made the right decision weeks ago, modifying that offense and focusing more on running the football and taking advantage of what Mitch does well, and that means get him out on the edge and use his athleticism. I think he's more accurate on the edge than certainly from inside the, the, the pocket. Um, but that offense will work against bad teams, as we saw. But when you face a better defense that has game, you know, have, has, has better athletes, they have the capacity to, to, to control some of the stuff that you're trying to do, then you see how limited you are. So I, I just don't believe that since Matt is coming back, how can you bring back the quarterback that for two-plus years he has shown each and every Sunday that he doesn't trust. So, look, anything's possible in this city right now, but my, my thought yesterday and my thought again today is if Matt is back, there's no way they're going to bring back a quarterback that, that he showed you time and time again he didn't trust. Tommy, I, I, I often said this every time I watch a Bears game, and I'm like, man, just a quarterback away, a quarterback yeah. away. Who is that quarterback? Tommy Watto, you are you are Ryan Pace. Who do you go get to get the job done in Chi Town? Well, can I pull the trade off for Deshaun Watson? I mean, we hear a lot of stuff about how Deshaun's not happy in Houston. I mean, you whiffed on him in 2017. You may get a second chance. Can you go pick him up? I don't know, Jay. I, I mean, look, it, it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, if it was easy to identify and, and develop quarterbacks, then guys wouldn't. Guys wouldn't lose their jobs every three or four or five years. But, but that's really the formula. You guys know it. Professional sports, it's two-pronged. You have to identify and procure, uh, procure the talent, and then you have to develop it. They've done neither. So to circle back and answer your question, I don't know. All I know is, is, is you're going to let the same general manager try to find the next quarterback he's whipped three times. He signed Mike oh. Glennon. As a free agent, he traded up in 17 to draft Mitch when Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were available. Uh, and then they traded for Nick Foles, which I think was a big Matt Nagy decision as much as it was Ryan Case. But he's had three swings at it, and he's whipped every time. And in six years as the general manager, they've only drafted one quarterback. So got, yeah. I don't know who that guy is, but I don't think Ryan Pace knows either. Good stuff, Tommy. We got to run. Back to talk Jets at the top of the hour.